What's going on, everybody? This is Sean of Ross Like Music. And this is the Super Sunny Show. I'm La Molly. This is Blue and Green Radio. Hello and welcome along to this month's edition of the Music for Modern Living Radio Show right here on Blue and Green Radio. You're locked in with me, Nigel Gentry. Party people, this is Mr. V of Confessions of a Curly Mind broadcasting through Blue and Green Radio. You're listening to Steve Williams at UK5.org. Welcome to the Blue and Green Sessions. Ride the vibe with DJ Ronnie Ron. Twisted Souls. You're listening to the Blue and Green podcast, and I hope you enjoy what we are going to say. Blueandgreenradio.com. Welcome, friends. You're tuned into another episode of the Blue in Green podcast. My name is Imran. Thank you very much for uh, tuning into the show today. Very much appreciate your time and your company. A uh, quick reminder that the Blue in Green podcast runs in conjunction with Blue in Green Radio, the online internet radio station uh, that broadcasts from London. But we're incredibly lucky to be able to host shows from across the world, including the States, uh, Australia and Japan, and, and of course, as well as London. So uh, we'd love for you to check us out if you go to www.blueingreenradio.com. You can find our 24 hours a day stream uh, airing there as well as the complete back catalogue of our podcasts. Uh, we release episodes on the first, second and third Mondays of every month and uh, have done so since January 2019. So we've got a wonderful collection and we'd love for you to check it out. Uh, the sharp-eared amongst you will say, hey, this is the fourth Monday of the month. Why are you releasing episodes now? Uh, we've just I'm just so excited about this episode. I just I couldn't sit on it for another week and I'm just really keen to get it out there and for people to hear it more than anything. So um, that's what we're doing. Today's episode sees me connect with the incredible Alan Evans. Um, Whoever said you should never meet your heroes had obviously never met Alan Evans. Uh, I I forewarned him going into the conversation. I said, I apologize if I geek out uh, while talking to you. And I did a little bit and... uh, you know, but I think it's a very special thing to be able to tell someone, um, you know, someone who's you, know, you who, who you completely respect and admire and musically a hero, uh, to be able to sort of tell them that I think is really a special thing. And uh, he was very gracious, and uh, it's a real pleasure for me to be able to do that. So, um, uh, so yeah, I, I yeah, I think we're I think it's okay. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to try and min- I'm going to try and have a fairly brief intro here, so I don't geek out any further. But uh, a massive uh, shout out and thank you to uh, Jada Parolini for facilitating this conversation. You're awesome, dude. Thank you so much. Uh, Alan Evans uh, heads up uh, Vintage League Music with uh, Crowd Companies. Rob Fleming, who has been a past guest on these podcasts, so I'd urge you to check that episode out. He's awesome as well. I uh, really enjoyed our episode with Rob um, and the brilliant Crowd Company. But um, Alan Evans. Uh, head of the Alan Evans Trio uh, Vintage League Music he has a whole host of projects coming up within the next few weeks um, that we're really keen to to that we discuss on the episode and we're keen for you guys to hear about as well uh, a tirelessly prolific musician uh, drummer producer uh, studio wizard he's also one third of my favorite band of all time soul live so to be able to talk soul live stuff for about half an hour in this episode was just a dream come true really a dream come true so um yeah it's just it was just bliss um 
amongst the many projects that Alan has coming out, there is uh, we have the fortune to discuss the Seven Day Weekend project, which has their debut single. Uh, coming out in May 2020 uh, it is a collaboration between himself and uh, Chris Yunker who is a part of Vintage League Music as well uh, being a member of the Alan Evans trio and on the spot trio and there is also the BTALC big band uh, uh, track as well that is due out in May 2020 as well and then there is <laughs> how does he find the time then there is also the Crushed Velvet and the Velveteers project uh, which is due out currently in June uh, 2020. So we get to talk about all of these projects and a whole lot more. Uh, we discuss Vintage League as well, which is a wonderful uh, contemporary funk and soul label. Um, well, as well as well, uh, I wouldn't want to relegate their style to just funk and soul. They have a whole host of great stuff there. So uh, I'd urge you to check out uh, Vintage League, and I, again, this conversation—it was—it's a great conversation. And uh, his is like his his is a fantastic mind. He's his insight is uh, is incredible, and uh, yeah, very grateful that he was so free with his time uh, to have this conversation. So I won't geek out any further, and I'll just introduce the next part, which is regular listeners will know we feature two songs on every episode. Our guest uh, picks our closing number, but I have the luck of picking the opening one and uh, gives me great pleasure to announce uh, my pick as Soul Live's Joyful Girl. Um, it is from their album Next on Blue Note Records and it features Dave Matthews on vocals. Uh, there is This song has particular significance for me, however I will let you listen to the episode as to f- find out why. So uh, thanks very much gang, enjoy the show.
my first question at the moment like what is how is, how is life treating you with uh i imagine you're you're holed up at home as well yeah for the most part but um i mean to be honest um life for me hasn't changed all that much with everything that's going on i mean i mean obvious uh, there's the obvious things you know um i mean the whole world has changed but mm. um a lot of my time uh, over the past few years has been spent at home or, you know, not on the road. So right. things aren't that much different. I still go to, I don't go to the studio as often these days. Um, and honestly, just because there aren't any bands really coming to the right. studio to record, but I still go up there when, when I, when I need to, if I need to record some stuff out for myself or do some mixing or, you know, things like that. But um, life is good. Life is good. Have you been able to sort of use the time in the creative way uh, musically? I mean, have you, has there been a lot of, have you enjoyed the downtime or have you kind of been inspired to, to go to the studio for your own stuff more than you might have usually? Uh, yeah, both. Uh, well, yeah, I've, I've definitely been um, focused on just creating and whether that's music or um design work um more visual visual uh kind of things um but i've made a a conscious decision to um really take advantage of this time that Mm. i have 
you know, I was actually I was just discussing this with my wife the other day when we were out for a walk. And there's been many times over the, you know, my career, especially with Soul Live, where um, for whatever reason, we we would decide to take time off from the road. And most of the time, it wasn't like a, a definitive period of time. It would just be like, oh, we're just kind of going to chill out on touring and we'll get back to it whenever we're feeling good. It's not like, okay, we're taking a month off or two months off. Hmm. So what would usually happen, I'd say, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to do this and that. I'm going to, and what most times what would really end up happening is like, I had a lot of big ideas, but all of a sudden it's like, we're back on the road and I'm looking back at the time I had off. I'm like, man, I really kind of blew it. I should have, you know, more time doing something. So anyway, so with that said, I've really made a conscious effort this time around to, you know, it's like, okay, I don't really, the one thing I do know right now, um, cause my wife manages soul live. So speaking in terms of playing live shows, I know for a fact that, uh, we don't have any soul live shows until 2021. Okay. So, all right, that's fine. It is what, you know, that's, that's the situation, but I am every day I'm focused on being creative, you know, I'm just keeping it moving and, uh, I'm I'm not I'm not going to be lazy. I don't want to look at back at this time this period of time in my life and say, "Wow, I I should have done more" because that, it's like that would just drive me crazy. So I find I find that really surprising. I'm very aware that 2019 for you was an incredibly productive year with the Wild Root album with the Alan Evans trio and uh you had the Crowd Company album which I definitely want to talk to you about uh, a little bit later on you had Matador Soul Sounds at the tail end of 2018 Vintage League is getting bigger and bigger and I thought that was your promotion time and I've kind of I might have missed the boat so I emailed Jada and said I you know I'm really desperate to talk to to Alan Evans he's just he's an absolute hero of mine I really want to sort of secure this time but I'm guessing now's not the best time because he's probably on a bit of downtime. And she says, no, no. <laughs> There's like, she, then she goes through the list of everything that you have coming up from now over the next month, which is an incredible <laughs> amount of music from the seven day weekend uh, single, which is due out as of this recording this Friday. You have mm-hmm. Crushed Velvet and the Velveteers coming up. You have the BTBLC band coming up. How could you possibly refer to yourself as in any context as being <laughs> lazy or not capitalizing on stuff? Well, You're constantly working. Yeah, well, that's that's true. I guess. I, well, <laughs> I, I guess maybe I, I maybe I'm a little hard on myself, but uh, but I always I just I, I don't know. I, there's so many times where I feel like I mean, even now, I just feel like there's I don't have enough hours in the day to complete everything I want to in said mm. day. So I I don't know. I, I yeah, I, I don't know. I yeah, I guess I guess I am a little hard on myself and 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 it is good to take breaks cuz you need yeah. balance, you know. You can't work every single hour, every minute of every day. But um yeah, like breaks are hard for me. Like I definitely get a little antsy and I I have to keep it moving. 
Well, is it work though for you to kind of i mean i suppose there's a division uh, in so much of your work in terms of creating and performing and then there's the studio work there's the label hat that you have to wear as well is is all of that fall under the category of work or is there elements you're less enthused about than others i mean i can pretty much say i don't work <laughs> I really don't I, you know it, it, <laughs> I, I I I I can't consider any of this work. I really can't. <laughs> um, it, it's it's I have so much fun doing it. Yeah, I know how lucky I am to to be able to 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 do what I do for a, a living. Um, so with that said, though, the the I guess the work part of it, it's is turning it off it's really hard for me to turn it off um and there's i definitely um there are definitely nights where i don't sleep well and not because of stress or anything like that um but just because i'm uh, it's just always um the music is always in my head it's just you know it's i'm either thinking of what i was working on that day or it's I wake up in the middle of the night with some new music in my head, then I can't get back to sleep. Um, it's kind of it, so that's kind of crazy. So that's that's the work part for me is just turning it off and relaxing. Um, and I feel like I'm getting better at at it. Mm. Uh, I've I've created some uh, boundaries for myself, I guess you'd say, or I would say, and that. I used to like I would stay up just all crazy hours of the night, you know, either writing or recording or mixing or doing whatever. And I would sleep for only like a few hours and I'd get up and do it again. And I just I, I, I realized that um, I, I just can't do it anymore. And I, do, I just I don't care to do that anymore. So now. I, I really kind of I shut it down. Um, I like to sh- kind of shut down that side of what I'm doing, you know, early in the evening, just so I can just allow myself, allow my brain to relax before going to bed. So I'll either, you know, maybe read something or just watch a watch a movie and just kind of, and kind of try my best to, to turn it off. <laughs> Um, and the and the thing is, is no matter I, what I also realize is no matter how late I stay up and how long I work on something, there's always there's always going to be something more or something else or something more to do the next day. Hmm. So there, it's really it's it's kind of hard for me to justify staying up that late when to f- try to finish something when. It's there's still going to be more to do the next day. So why why spend an extra six hours at night working on something when you could just kind of chill out and leave it till till tomorrow? And and generally, um, a lot of work when I stay up really late. Sometimes my decisions can be a little questionable. So you end up kind of going back and, 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 you know, the next day or the day after that, and you're like, oh, man, I just kind of, you just realize you kind of, 
I, I, I hate to use the term waste time, but, mm. you know, yeah, you kind of wasted some time there. So, <laughs> yeah. Is that something that are you harder on your own stuff or when it comes to your, you're working with other people? Uh, is, is there, is it easier to switch off when you're working on something other than something else? Or is, are you overly passionate when it's got Alan Evans trio or your, 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 your name for your solo album or anything like that? No, I can honestly say that I put the, the same effort into my own music that I do for anybody else who comes in through my studio whether it, it, if it's for the label or not for the label it doesn't matter everybody deserves the same amount of attention yeah. um, and care that I put into my own music um, and with that said it's very easy for me to uh, especially when I'm working on my own you know kind of thing and I, I guess the, the trio the, uh, you know the Alan Lemon's trio is kind of the, I, I would kind of categorize that as my thing, although uh, that's I've, it's a bit more of a democratic kind of situation. But um, when I, I I put on different, I'm able to switch my I guess personality or how I look at things from when I'm writing the music to when I start recording. Um, to when I start mixing and really kind of producing something, I have no problem deleting something that I did or, you know, it's like, Oh man, that's horrible. It doesn't matter that I recorded it or it yeah. was an idea. If it's, if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. So, um, uh, so anyway, yes, but that's, again, that's putting the, the time and effort and care into it. Um, if I just kind of threw out, anything that i recorded that to me that's just being lazy and not really caring about the the final product or whatever you want to call it product or song or whatever whatever it is um but again but like i said everybody everybody i work with gets that that same amount of attention same amount of care absolutely yeah so with the the seven day weekend uh, single, which is awesome, which is such a great single, it pairs you with uh, Chris Yunker, also from uh, the Alan Evans Trio mm. uh, on uh, your organist and keyboards. So you have the Mango Moonrise single coming out, um, as I said, this Friday, so the fifteenth of of May. I mean, how 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 did that combination come about? Obviously, you guys work know each other very well, but how did that kind of under the banner of seven day weekend? What was the thought process behind that one? Well, um, it originally started as, honestly, as a, a different uh, project. It was going to be a, um, a, a kind of different concept. But um, really, uh, it was just, an, again, a lot, of, a lot of stuff that begins is just an excuse to get together and play some music. Um, so Chris had some free time. I had some free time. And uh, he had uh, he was telling me about like these uh, uh, these lo-fi study beats, which it's like a this scene that I, I was honestly I was completely unfamiliar with. But I guess what it, it started out from my understanding, um, it started out as like these kind of like hip hop beats. It's so that it's kind of funny when I listen to him. I'm like, oh man, this stuff sounds like Pete Rock, you know. Like, but anyway, or like JD. But anyway, these lo-fi study beats are just like these beats that 
people would, I guess it started on YouTube and they would just have very simple like video graphics and just these tunes underneath. And they were literally used for people would use them just to study to. It's like, oh, that's really cool. And I was just listening to him. And Chris was like, hey, man, we should like we should just make some. I'm like, man, I could do that all day. <laughs> so that's what it started out as. And um, but of like anything else I usually get into, we really start feeling it. And it just kind of grew from there. And it, it became a little more lush sounding. and. Um, and so, yeah, the, the lo-fi study beat thing got left behind and we just created a, a new sound for ourselves. Um, and uh, so, yeah, so that was that. And honestly, the name was uh, something that I had in the on the back burner for years. And I just thought it was it all of a sudden it was like one of those things that it that name and the the vibe really fit the music mm. um and obviously you, you just heard the 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 first single but the entire album is 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 not exactly like that song but very similar obviously we made an album um so it's a one piece of work but it's it just reminds me of of um going to you know, like the time I spent in, in uh, Hawaii or, you know, just kind of more yeah. like, you know, just kind of like exotic places where you would just like put on some music and just relax or, or just kind of experience or use it as a soundtrack for your experience in, in, in these kind of places. So that's really what uh, the music for me, that's what it, it's kind of doing. It's just kind of helps transport you into a, you know, a different place. Um, where you would spend a, a nice long weekend. So <laughs> it's a very long weekend and seven all seven days of it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Well, you know, so, okay. So the, the funny thing is uh, the seven day weekend was really kind of a joke uh, going, honestly, kind of going back to when you asked me, is this work or, you know, do I keep yeah. this work? And it's kind of funny. I'll, you know, so many times, I have a lot of friends who work, you know, nine to five jobs and things like that. And there's so many times where I, I can easily lose track of what day it is. I literally I don't know what day it is. And so I was like, yeah, my life is pretty much a seven day weekend. So, um, so that's where that came from. <laughs> I like that. You're, you're not a glass half empty kind of person, as opposed to it being a seven day week. The, 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 the passion that you have for music making obviously is, is prevalent so that's that's very very cool i love i love the outlook of it that's yeah. very cool and it's it's evident i guess from the amount of like bands you're in and the amount of music that you put out and the the, the contributions to other artists it's there's clearly there's it's not work it's it's just it's, it's a passion and you've already talked about the <laughs> trying to tame the ability to turn it off so it's incredible yeah it it, it really is i'm i'm very very lucky so, um, I mean, obviously over the years I've worked very hard to, you know, get to this position in life and, and obviously maintain it. But you know, at, at, at the end of the day, a lot of it is, is you, yeah, you put in the, the hard work, but a lot of it is luck, um, you know, or it was a combination, combination of the two. So, um, 
yeah and i i just i'm super thankful that i, I can uh i can do this so was vintage league sort of the inception of 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 that as a label was that just to give yourself an avenue to kind of release music or was it the idea that you're obviously being in the studio you're meeting so many other bands and it was just a great avenue to sort of pursue that as well originally i it it was probably more so for myself for my own music um just because i mean obviously like you can see from some of the early releases that i've put out put out just with anything that I have to do with, they're they're pretty different from my like my mm. solo album, which is like definitely a, a rock album. More yeah. Like, yeah, to you know, while while the the trio, which is you know whatever that is, you know, but it's <laughs> you know, um, but then uh, soon after that, um, when I was kind of getting the label going. Crowd Company was in the studio recording uh, the Stone and Sky album, and Rob and I just started talking. And I was like, "Hey, man!" He well, he was just asking me. He was just asking some advice about putting out an album. Like, I was like, "Well, you know, actually, I'm starting this label, and maybe maybe you guys want to be on it." I just because I re- just really dug them. I dug the music, and mm-hmm. he was asking about he he wasn't really sure of how he was they were going to put the music out. So we just kind of got that relationship going, but you know, I I've never wanted Vintage League to be just about me. Mm. Um, so we're obviously um, taking steps now um, to broaden, um, you know, the the label with you know who we or what kind of music we're putting out and who we're putting out. Um, but uh, we're being—I um, don't want to say careful, about, maybe careful about it, or we're just taking our time um, and just uh, making sure everything that we put out, we really, we just really dig. Um, so there's definitely quality over quantity for us. Mm, I love the kind of almost family type nature to the label, the way that like your work with Crowd Company. Then there's uh, Chris Yunker who you know, can be a part of seven day weekend. It can be a part of Alan Evans trio. Then it can be a part of on the spot trio. And I, I, I love how it's almost this sort of free flowing kind of collaborative nature that you've kind of established with the label. Yeah, de- definitely. That's, that's uh, for me, that's, that's definitely key. Um, is I, for me, music is so much more than just like the notes that we're playing or whatever, you know, it's like, it's it's the community you know it is it's to me it's, it really has a lot to do with like you know it's a family mm-hmm. um so um yeah and that's what uh that's that's definitely the vibe where um we have it uh, with uh vintage league so it's, uh, it's definitely family because again it's about caring for the you know the music about what, what we're putting out is it difficult for you to kind of wear that sort of that label hat you know where you're kind of it's the bit being on the business side of things as well because you know obviously we've we've talked about talked about the fact that creating music is is a, is a joy and a pleasure but when you're kind of sitting on that other side of things where you have to kind of manage a label and conduct the business side of things is that something that you 
you enjoy are you kind of like oh geez i, I hate this part <laughs> or is it's it's it, they go they go hand in hand and something you enjoy as well they kind of go hand in hand but i've um i i've always liked challenges i i love learning um so i i i couldn't be just like a, a, a label kind of executive person all the time um but i i definitely love learning new things um and that's and 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 having run this label for for a few years now it's definitely given me the opportunity to learn a lot um i still have a lot to learn that there's no doubt about that but uh we're also getting to a point now that we're we're beginning to look to other people to help um and uh you know, obviously, you know, publicity is, uh, is a big part of that. So, you know, that we, we're, we've got that, we're getting that together. We've got that together. Uh, the whole social media aspect of things is, is a, a big part yeah. of, uh, of putting music out these days. And, and I've pretty much been doing that, that I, I would say that's one thing that I, um, I don't mind doing that. Um, but I would like not to just because um, it's just time consuming. It's very sure. time consuming. Yeah. Um, so we're, we're actually in the process of uh, looking for um, uh, someone to bring on to handle our social media, uh, the social media side of things for right. the label. Um, but I guess the one thing that I do know is that any good um, leader is uh, one of their I'd say one of their best uh, attributes or qualities is to the ability to um, bring people together to do jobs that they can't do themselves. Um, right. And uh, so um, I feel that's, that's one thing that I, I'm, I'm pretty good at. Um, so, um, well, you know, obviously at the beginning of, you know, building this label, there's, you know, you have to, as with any business, you have to do a lot on your own. You have to, to, to build that business. Um, and uh, so, yeah, we're, like I said, we're getting to a point where things are starting to, we're, 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 we're uh, looking for people to help us out now. So. That's that's great though. That's a great statement in of itself though. In terms of it's it's getting bigger and it's it's developing itself, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, it's ex yeah. exciting. How do you kind of feel like the challenge of being an independent label in in this sort of streaming culture? Are you kind of having to kind of adapt in sort of in ways that you hadn't considered before? Um. Hmm. I, yeah, I guess so. I mean, uh, I've I've seen this coming for quite a while, for years now. Great. Um, so I'm I haven't been one to adaptation isn't isn't hard for me. Um, obviously, the um, the money side of things is a lot different than it was, say, like when Soul Live started. But, at, but whatever, I mean, you know, to me, everything, 
you want to obviously this is a business you want to make money but everything can't be about money um you, that can't for me that can't be my my focus 24 hours a day my most of my focus is the music i feel mm -hmm. like i just know from experience the money will come um and so with that said just the money now is just it comes from multiple uh places now rather than just oh well you go out on the road you sell some cds or albums or whatever and then you make some money you get airplay and blah 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 um obviously like uh there's many forms of or many um streams of of income that that are to be to be made out there so um again going back to the learning the learning curve um it's just at, with especially with the label it's just um figuring out how to to really just monetize what we do mm. um and uh, so with the, yeah everybody is trying to figure it out and it's 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 changing almost it's like every day every week it's like yeah. so um yeah it's just uh but that's the thing it, like you have to be willing to adapt because you know, if if you don't, you're you are gonna get left behind. It's plain. Yeah. Has this kind of quarantine uh, kind of period had an impact on on anything? Were there sort of performances that you guys had coming up, and you subsequently had to to cancel? I know you mentioned Soul Live weren't performing until say next year, but was, is that as a direct result of the situation now, or was that you were all focusing on your individual projects anyway? No, that was a, a direct result of uh, oh, wow. oh yeah, direct. <laughs> you are feeling the impact as an independent artist and label. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, I guess so. Um, uh, luckily, I, I've again, like I said before, I've been I've been really busy. I'm still mixing albums for for other people. That's the the kind of the interesting thing at least for right now there's a lot of people who uh are out of work um and and uh, and it seems that they're still getting paid because um but anyway the, the the point is is there's a lot of people who aren't going to their normal job anymore whether they're working from home or but they have a lot more time on their hands so it seems that there's a lot of people creating music now that uh, it seems that they've they are taking advantage of the time as well. Mm -hmm. um, so with that said, it's uh, yeah, business the mixing business for me, and even actually the recording side of things is still pretty. I'm still pretty busy. Um, so, but that's you know that's right now. We'll you know we'll uh, you know we'll see how how long that lasts. But the, you know the, the, the other the. The, the funny thing what the thing that I find kind of interesting again talking with my wife is that out of a lot of people I know um me and a lot of my kind you know musician friends I guess we're pretty we're kind of built for this kind of thing at least so far I mean it's like I'm you know musicians are like oh well yeah, we have a we have some good shows this month, but uh, next month not looking too hot. Or no, there's a, there's a lot of up and down in this business for us. So like, this is kind of 
like I said earlier, man, like a, a lot of my life hasn't changed that much. And I guess that, uh, and that's a lot has to do with my attitude towards it all. It's like, mm-hmm. yeah, I've like over the years, a lot of crazy things have happened just in my life, just because I am a musician and you just like, you learn to deal with that kind of stuff. So this is just something else. And um, so, yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm cool. I'm cool. Everything is 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 good. So well, that's super cool. Yeah, you're right. You got to roll with those 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 good and bad yeah. elements. So you know, I understand. Yeah, it's a great outlook. Uh, we kind of talked about like your initial slew of 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 singles coming out. We talked about the Seven Day Weekend. You also have uh, the Crushed Velvet and the Velveteers and the BTBLC band uh, Bring Forth Change uh tracks coming out the uh the crush velvet one is really exciting because it pairs you with uh vocalist kim dawson who uh is awesome uh sort of a color red uh staple and it reunites uh the two of you as well from the matador soul sounds album so that must be uh i imagine always exciting to kind of be able to reconnect with her oh yeah oh yeah um yeah i mean that i'm really excited about that i mean i've, I've kind of the crush velvet and the Velveteers is is my um, my guitar is like an alter ego, my guitar player alter ego, I guess mm. you would say. And um, and I have I put out a, a, a album years ago. I guess it was back in oh, I don't know 2011 or something like that under the Crush Velvet and the Velveteers. And at that at that time, it was actually during another break. Um, so live when we were off from touring and i just kind of found myself going into my studio whenever i wasn't recording some other people and i just kind of go in there i was just playing a lot of guitar and started writing often writing these tunes like oh man I, I this definitely is kind of feeling like an album but i didn't really i i knew they weren't songs for soul live and they weren't I had put out like a solo album a few years before that. And, uh, and it didn't really fit in that vein. I was like, man, I, I, and the thought of me just putting out another album with, and at the time back in around 2009, 10, 11, the, the big thing was people, a lot of people were putting out albums. It was super lazy, even major labels, and but they would just put a photo of someone on um, uh, and just their name and the name of the it was just nothing interesting about artwork anymore it was just like throw, throw a, a, a you know a photo of their face on and that was it wow and just the thought of that was driving me crazy i was like i'm not gonna put out something that says alan evans with my face and you know i was like mm. is i gotta do something else so i kind of created this it turned into like a concept album and that it was like a this old album I'm speaking of was a, a soundtrack for a, a, a fic, uh, for a movie that just didn't exist, you know, but, uh, it was like this whole story I came up with, like, Oh, like um, this band re- got in touch with me. Cause there was a, this movie that was uh, destroyed in a fire that never came out, but the soundtrack survived and they wanted <laughs> me to mix it. So, <laughs> So I had names for all the my you know the different personalities and all the musicians in the band and this and that. So I anyway, Crush Velvet is the guitar player and the leader of the band. 
So anyway, so that album came out. And so fast forward to now, I had a group of tunes that, uh, that all of a sudden I'm like, okay, here we go again. They don't really fit in with the Alan Lemons trio. They don't fit with Soul Live, but I know exactly where they fit. And um, it was Crushed Velvet. So I'm coming and brought it, brought it back. So uh, with the Crushed Velvet stuff, how it, uh, it starts is I'll go into the studio and uh, I'll just usually, uh, I'll, obviously it starts with guitar. I'll write, you know, the tune out. Then I'll just jump on drums and and play the song on guitar in my head. And I'll just like play the drums to it and then kind of build the track from there. And um, so, yeah. So next thing was just like bring, bring I, for this, that particular song. It's like, oh, Kim, she would just she would just destroy it. And uh, so, so before that, I, I brought in my friend Darby Wolf, who's a he collaborates with a, on a, a lot of stuff with me. He's actually on the BTALC big band um, recording. Oh, cool. Great, great organist. Uh, um, a friend of mine, Pete Alexi played like second guitar on it as well. He played some guitar with me on it, brought in the horns from the BTALC band. Um, but the thing is, whenever I, I, I give a song to someone and say, hey, check it out. I want you to play on it. And they say, "Oh well, what do you want?" And I just said, "Do your thing." Just like that's I, I don't tell anybody to do anything. I, man, like if there's if whatever play whatever you're whatever's inspiring you, whatever you're you know feel inspired to play from the music. Um, so everyone's personality really comes out in in the music. And so with Kim, I sent her the song, and I actually had an idea. Cause I thought I was going to sing on it originally. So I had some ideas and I was like, you know what, Kim, I have a couple ideas, but I'm not going to tell you. I'm not just like, whatever comes to you, you, and what she wrote, what she wrote and sang, whew, I'm glad I didn't, I didn't, <laughs> it would have been embarrassing. <laughs> it would have been absolutely embarrassing. So, it wouldn't have been that bad. Oh man! Well, hey man, you heard, you heard the track, man. That thing is yeah. cool. That it's I, great. It is great. Yeah, it really is. She's amazing on it. You all are. Yeah, uh, everything about it's great. So yeah. So the so the deal is with uh with so with the new Crush Velvet, it, there's going to be an album. I'm actually kind of finishing up the second single right now. Um, so the, the, the idea with it, there's a, there's a band I'm, I'm, you're possibly familiar with, um, band or project, I don't, I don't, uh, zero seven. Oh yes, of course. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, man. So, so I, I love like the album when it falls is, is literally right. one of my, like, I, I can put that album on any time and it just, oh, that's interesting. That's amazing. Oh. Yeah. So with this new crush velvet and the Velveteers album, I that's my kind of um that's a actually been a big inspiration from Zero Seven is a big inspiration for me for this album. Now oh, you wouldn't hear it musically, obviously. But what I love about Zero Seven is the different vocalists that um that they have. So I'm gonna uh so I have the same thing going on with this album. I'm gonna have I think there's probably gonna be three uh main uh different voices, different vocalists. So Kim 
Uh, I have uh, my friend Stefan from, he's a lead singer for a band called Aztec Sun uh, out of uh, uh, Washington, D.C. And they're a band that I actually recorded and mixed and, and produced. Oh, amazing. And, uh, but his voice, I just, again, like I, there was a song that that's the song I'm working on right now with him. And I just knew it was like, man, Steph would just, it would be perfect. So I sent it to him. And of course he just, whoo. Um, yeah. So, so yeah, so there's going to be like three vocalists that, you know, throughout the album that you'll hear. And, uh, so yeah, it's like kind of like the super, super soul version of uh zero seven. <laughs> Oh, that sounds excellent. That would have, that's a great tagline in of itself. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there's just there's just something I, I I you know that zero seven stuff, man. It's like I love how like you know sonically, musically, you always know it's them. You always man, that's zero seven. But even with the different different uh, lead singers, it's just it's all you always know what it is. I just, I just love that. I love that vibe. And again, you know, coming back, coming, bringing it back around to, I don't want uh, the Crush Velvet and the Velveteers to be all about me. Um, yeah, I'm writing the music, the music, but er, like, I want everybody to feel like they're a, really a part of it. So that's why I was, hey, I'll lay down the bass, drums, and guitar, and maybe some keys or whatever. But after that, everybody's who's on it. It's, it's make it your thing um so yeah I'm, I'm really i'm really really excited about it when when is the album actually due that's a, the singles due uh mid-june isn't it yeah mid-june and then there'll be a second single after that um not really sure when the album i'm hoping that it'll um it'll come out uh in 2020 um Brilliant. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, a lot of the music is already, um, at least on my end, it's all recorded. So it's a matter of getting, you know, other, the other people um, together um, together, and, and coordinated and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah. Amazing. Yeah. I can't believe how much stuff that there is coming out. And this, again, this is only over the next two-ish months. Uh, <laughs> I can't even think by the end of the year, the the resume that you're you'll have the things that you've not completed yet it's incredible so that yeah. takes us to, i guess to, oh go ahead sorry go ahead yeah well we have oh, man i'm we, i was just looking rob and i were like looking through our release schedule and we have some really really cool releases coming out this year oh, that we're really excited about so that's very exciting and then there's obviously the the btblc band uh, bring forth change yeah. As well, another one that's coming out that you, I imagine, you're very excited about. Oh yeah! So like I, I, I did a, I recorded an album for those cats, which it came out um, last year, and uh, on Ropa Dope Records, and we had such a great time uh, recording, recording that, and I did a, a very in an old school fashion. It was like the, it was like a was it a 17 well, they were 17 or 18 piece band for that session wow. and uh, all in one room and uh one day session whole cut the whole album i mean it was old school as it gets so anyway <laughs> it came out great super excited and we and you know pretty much soon after we recorded the album we were like oh man we can't wait to do the next one so anyway this 
uh, all this, you know, the, uh, the pandemic, you know, was coming down, and uh, Brian BT from uh, from the band, he uh, hit me up. He said, "Hey, man, uh, what would it uh, what would it look like to record the big band remotely?" And I was like, I said, wait a minute. Like, are you suggesting what I really, is this what you're, you really saying what I think you're saying? He's like, yeah. I said, because, you know, now everybody, you see everyone on Instagram or Facebook, everybody's kind of, you know, recording one part and sending it around to the rest of the band or whatever. But like a three or four piece band, it's like, all right, that's cool. Man, 19 pieces? Like, (laughs) Oh, right. so, I was like, man, I don't know, but just you asking me and knowing how I am about challenges, I was like, I'm in. I I don't wow. care. Like, I'm totally down. So I obviously they asked me to play drums on it. They have they have a, a drummer, a steady, or I guess two two drummers that play steady with them. But uh, I guess you know, obviously it was easy for me to record myself because I had the studio. So Darby and I got together and we recorded uh, drums and organ and uh, Darby was playing organ bass on the song. Everything after that was just, I, I, we, you know, I created a, a tracking mix and then guitar got laid down. Um, then horns started getting laid down, percussion, vocals. And every, you know, every day or two I'd get, you know, oh, here's trumpet two, there's trumpet three, here's trumpet four, you know, and I drop it in and make a new tracking mix. And, and, uh, it was crazy. And, uh, and, and they asked, uh, if I would put it out on, on the, on the label. And I was, of course, I was, that's a no brainer. So, um, yeah, we're really, really excited about that, that tune. And, uh, we're actually working on another one right now. Um, that's going to have some pretty awesome special guests on the on the next on the next song, which I, I can't I can't mention the special guests yet, but they're special guests. So <laughs> in the same way, yeah, same way, yeah. So I've more than nineteen now. <laughs> yeah, yes, yeah, it's, it's it's crazy, but you know, for me, it was just um, one of my, I, you know, I'm I'm. Again, super grateful. To, I've known BT and a lot of those guys in that band for a very long time. And one of my um, one of my dreams as a as a, a stu- as an engineer was always to record a, a big band because I grew up uh, listening to uh, to that music. Um, I mean, from from when I was an infant, you know, and. Uh, I've always, so that was the first time that I was able to record a big band um, with their, that last album. Um, and uh, so, yeah, when this, when this opportunity came about, I said, man, I had to, I had to take it because it's like, I have to make all of the, all of these parts coming in that people are recording in their bedrooms or living rooms or wherever. I have to make that sound like we were all in one room. So just that alone was like I'm I I'm I'm in. There's just I, I I love a challenge and 
and I'm super happy with how it came out. And again, as soon as we we were we weren't even I the final mix wasn't even done yet, and they were like, "Oh man, we gotta get another tune recorded." <laughs> I was like, All right, cool, let's do it. So uh, yeah, so all right, so the drums, bass, and organ are laid down, and uh, and you know I'll have parts coming in over the next week or two, and uh, yeah. Gosh, that's, yeah. that's incredible. That's incredible. <laughs> Is there a scenario that someone could pitch you when you and you'd say, "I no, that's not going to work. I'm not, don't count me out." <laughs> I mean, I don't. I I don't think so. I mean, no, man. I again, I just I love challenges. I love working with all. I mean, I've recorded all styles of music, man. I've done like. You know, bluegrass, jazz, you know, um, man, country, country, you know, country music and funk, reggae, dub. I've, I mean, heavy metal. I, man, music is music to me, man. I, I just, I love all of it. I, I, and, and I honestly like, I remember like the first time I got asked to record a bluegrass record. I was like, man, I've never done that before. But I love, but there's a lot of bluegrass that I love. And, um, and so I just kind of just dug in. I listened to some records. And the, the thing is, for me, is like, um, I don't really try to impose my, uh, my thing on anybody. So it's like, man, if you have some really good musicians coming into the studio, and I'm, I'm speaking more so from, you know, with my, my, uh, studio engineer hat on recording engineer hat on but and if you have some really good musicians like man let them do their thing i mean it's you i mean put the obviously like over the years i've won you know you have to know where to put the microphone but i mean you know to me a microphone is 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 kind of like a, a like i think of it as a camera you know, or, or like an ear or a camera. So I just like, I stand there, I listen to the instrument. I'm like, okay, well, this sounds pretty good here. It may like not look like the right place to put the microphone, but whatever, like you put it in the right place, you capture that sound, you let the musicians make sure they're comfortable and let them do their thing. Nine times out of 10, you're going to get a pretty decent, good recording. And, um, so yeah, like I said, man, it, there's very is I can't imagine uh, a situation where I, I'm gonna say yeah I, I don't I don't know I mean I have I have obviously for you know so there, there's it's mostly like usually like red flags pop up and you you kind of know like yeah this is gonna be a, a pretty bad experience. <laughs> <laughs> you know <laughs> there's just red flags you just know you just know so um. it's it's funny I, it's that's the perfect way to have um describe that process about you treat the microphone like a camera like you're filming it you are in essence mm. uh, it's uh, and it's funny because I, I don't make music myself so the the kind of the intricacies involved in studio work uh, in terms of just recording and then mixing, I, I, I for me was, was completely lost for a very, very long time, and it's only through conversations like 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 this right now you kind of realize the the detail and the art form in of itself that that element brings to a finished product. 
Mm. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, obviously, I don't want to play down like the the time and um, I've spent and many en- engineers have spent learning, honing their craft. Obviously, but but really, man, it comes down to it. It really comes down to the song. For me, that's that's that is that is all it's really about. If you have a good song, it has to start with a good song. It has to. After that, if you have some re- if you have some good musicians, man, all you really have to do is hit record and stay out of the way. <laughs> and and that that's that's it. From that's at least in my experience, you know. Um, cause I've, I've been on the other side of the, this, that's honestly why I became a, a engineer in the, in the first place when I was really young, it's because I was like going into these studios and there's a lot of guys who, you know, engineers who I've kind of discovered over time that, and this is, doesn't really matter. Well, sometimes it does. They didn't know they couldn't play a note of music. Um, so their choices, the choices that they were making weren't weren't musical. They didn't serve the song. It was more about them and the gear they have, the microphone. Oh, I have this great mic. Like, man, but what, I, you know, like, but if, if you're recording, if you're not paying attention to the song and to the musicians playing that song, man, you know, the the people who are going to notice are the people who listen to the music, the, the people you're yeah. trying to play this music for, to sell this music, whatever you want to call it. And, uh, you know, there's a, there's a really good uh, quote <laughs> that I, I, I use a lot. It's like, man, nobody, nobody's purchased a, a song or bought an album because of the snare drum sound, <laughs> you know, it's like, <laughs> Man, it's like it's like the the energy in the music, you know what the the what the that's what it's about, you know, like how yeah. how that that artist is communicating that that energy, the the vibe, the that's 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 what it's all about. So, so like I said, um, I, I do say no to, to 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 situations, and usually it all comes down to that. If I if I I can hear within. I can put on a, a if someone sends me, oh, I want to, you know, you know, check this out or whatever, man, I know within five, 10 seconds, if it's, you know, worth my time. Mm-hmm. And, and I, and I don't want to, that to sound like egotistical. I say it's, and I say that because if I'm not um, going, you know, again, going back to like the, the, the time and energy and care I put in the, into, into something. I, I feel that everyone deserves that that time, effort, that care, the love. So the thing is, if if I'm not really, if I know that I'm not feeling the music, like man, you don't want to come to my studio and work with me. It's because it's it's not. I'm not helping you out. Right. You know, it's like right. you 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 have to go find someone else who really loves what you're doing. Because if I don't love it, then I'm not going to put that kind of. I'm not going to put the energy that 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 person who's who's you know paying me to come to the studio like I, it's just um they deserve more than that so um yeah so anyway no yeah that's really honestly that's very cool yeah i suppose that is a good that's a good way of looking at it you need to be able to connect with it and know what needs to be 
accentuated and what needs to be highlighted and things like that. So no, I understand that. Yeah. 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 There's um on the Vintage League website, there is amongst the, the kind of the the projects that there are uh, to, to to listen and bask in. There's a there's a really as uh, a wonderful song that I'm so happy that you put up and it's by the All Brothers Band, mm. um, which pairs yourself with your brother, Neil Evans, and um, with uh, the Burbridges, O'Teal and Kofi. Uh, mm. And the song that is available for people to hear is called In the Beginning. Uh, I, I, I don't know if that was ever supposed to uh, lead into a full-length uh, project, but I imagine the very, very, very sad passing of Kofi uh, Burbridge meant that uh, that song, I believe, was all that was recorded, and I, I think, from a fan perspective, it's it's so great that you put it on there, um, that you sort of uploaded it for people to hear. Because I, I think, I, 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 you know, I'm very familiar with kind of the the relationship and dynamic between the four of you, and you've worked together for so much, so many times. Like, there's the Bow Live recording that we can uh, that used to be available on uh, iTunes, I believe, still is, and you've got the you know Burbridges on it as well. So. Uh, I imagine that has a special sentimental value for you. It really does, Ben, and and, uh, many levels. I mean, um, it's kind of crazy. Like, so there, there is actually more, more songs recorded. Oh, wow, is there? But uh, that that was probably that that was the only one that was really complete in in all of its parts being having been recorded, but. So I I was uh at the time we you know Kofi and O'Teal Neil and I've talked we talked for years about getting together and, and and doing something and obviously like on stage we would see each other in different uh, you know different groups but never just the four of us so I was on Jam Cruise one year and uh, O'Teal O'Teal and I were talking hey man like dude we we need to get together let's he's like all right man let's let's do it you know i was telling him i'm starting i was literally that's when i was starting up vintage league i said all right man so we're you know let's let's get together and uh so we set a date uh they were you know they were all going to come up to record but i was still i still had my studio at home now years before that um I had a, a a a studio that wasn't at home. It was in a different town, and things got a little crazy. I was like, too. I was honestly too busy to actually be productive in it. I guess it's kind of strange, but so I shut the studio down and came home and built a studio at home so I could focus on my own music. And that's when I started putting out all the Alan Evans trio stuff. Right. Anyway, so I was still at home. And I'm like, man, Neil, Kofi, and O'Teal are coming up here to record. I was like, I don't want to do this at home. So the next thing you know, I'm like out looking for a, a recording, a, a space to put a recording studio. I found one, and that's what that's what became Iron Wax Studios. But so that session was the very first session in in iron wax studios and crazy thing about it and this is classic me just being the the full-on aries that i am i just like dove i'm like all right (laughs) so man 
I was I was moving into the studio like a couple of days before the session, and I was why I was I was still wiring. I was finishing up wiring the studio as they were driving up. It was crazy. Like, like I mean, right. <laughs> I had no idea if anything was going to work right. I mean, they were walking in, and I'm literally behind the console, like doing all the wiring, and it was. Crazy. <laughs> <laughs> so so yeah and, and kofi had just he it was so funny man he had just flown back from he was over in australia with with Derek and susan so he flew right from australia and then next thing you know he's in the studio so he's completely like out of it you know we were it was like it was, it was so crazy man but yeah we made we made it happen and and uh the the thing is it, it was such a, a great time because I mean, honestly, we probably talked more than we actually played music, you know, like there was just like we were just like getting into all kinds of like we always do when the four of us would get together. It's just all kinds of like philosophy and just spirituality. And and there's like, oh, oh, man, a few hours went by and we should record something. <laughs> you know? So, yeah. So anyway, so we recorded a bunch of the, the rhythm, you know, the rhythm tracks down and 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 uh, it was like, all right, well, you know, Neil and, and Kofi will, you know, they'll, they'll overdub stuff at home or whatever. And so that song there in the beginning was the was the, the song that um, was, like I said, the most uh, complete, you know, Otia, I mean, uh, Kofi laid down his flute and he added, he added some other keyboard parts and sent them up to me and and I eventually mixed it and you know it's like one of those things man you're always you're always you always think you have more time to do to do stuff and um and uh yeah that was that was rough man I, I remember you know Kofi was like I found out he was in the hospital and he had you know some heart heart thing and then it was like all right he's getting better and I just man you know we I, yeah yeah, it's just the way it goes, man. I, I remember waking up. I was laying in bed, and my wife came up, and she said she she told me about Kofi when he passed. I was, I was, I just remember just laying in bed looking at her, like I it I, it was so hard for me to even process what she had just said. I just I you know, and yeah, so. So I guess that's um uh, I'm very again very grateful for the that we as long as we we you know we we talked about getting together and we we did a couple of shows so that was great um so the one of the shows is uh recorded and that was that was pretty cool and yeah, that's cool so we did it you know i mean it took a long time for us to do it and, and we did it obviously it would have been great if we could could have done more but um but we did it so um yeah, you know, it was it, it was a be- it was it was a beautiful it was a, just a beautiful session, beautiful just time. Uh, you know, it's one of those things I'll I'll literally never forget. So, is uh, the the photo that accompanies the song on the website? Is it from that session? No, that was actually uh, that. There are some photos from that session. There are actually a lot um, that we we did use after that. But that that photo though was from the the last show that we played oh wow yeah 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 it's a great picture yeah it's a great, it's a great story it's, it's 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 great that you 
it's it's sort of it's very kind in a way that you you put it up i i thought it was nice that you kind of uh shared i guess something that was as uh as intimate as personal uh for you guys uh that you shared it with people i always i yeah i thought that that was very cool yeah i mean we'll see so you know the um you know the 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 other the other songs are there and 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 uh, maybe someday we'll uh, um, we'll get to them, um, mm. but you know it's it's like one of those yeah it's like one of those things it's again you, I, I don't want to get into that well we'll we'll do it someday sure but some things you know you just you need a little time to absolutely yeah yeah. So. Yeah, if, it, if it's right, it's right, and yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah. yeah. I'm mindful of, of of your time at the moment. Could do you have enough time to, to sort of discuss one final thing that I'm really desperate to talk to you about? Please, which yeah. is um, well, we've we've mentioned Soul Life uh, a couple of times uh, in in the conversation. Um, I I'm kind of head over heels for the band. I mean, I always cite you guys as just my favorite band ever uh there's not a chance you remember this but uh 10 years ago funny enough it was 23rd of october you performed uh, 23rd of october 2010 you performed in uh london's jazz cafe in um support of the rubber soul live Oh, yeah. uh, 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 album, which obviously uh, I, I was I was there, and I, it was the first time I had had a few missed opportunities. I think there was a cancelled performance at Jazz Cafe some years prior, and I had waited so long. And then I saw the three of you on stage, and just had a, 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 a great time. And then they had said afterwards that you guys were going to hit the merch table uh, for CDs and signings. So I queue up to uh, to, to you know to to get. Uh, a copy of the album get it signed etc and we're waiting for you guys to appear at the stand and as i'm queuing it's quite crowded at this point there's an arm on my shoulder uh, of someone who's trying to kind of get past and i turn mm. and it's you and i i just like in this moment of i kind of just went hey and you very graciously responded in the same way as if oh yeah i know you we've never met and it was very very kind and um i just i i, I got to shake your hand and say i've waited i think it, it was a really long time i waited like six years to be able to see you guys live and i got to tell you that and you were again very gracious and you hugged me and stuff and then i got to the, the stand and i got a signed copy by all three of you of the album and i got the ticket stub signed as well which was awesome but the thing about that experience that i have to, to tell you that has bugged me 10 years later is i didn't tell you that uh, Soul Live's Joyful Girl was my wedding song. And I had this opportunity to tell the three of you. And it was only when I'm on my way home, I thought, wow, to be able to have told the three wow. of you that in that moment, I blew it. <laughs> wow. Are you serious? It was, wow. It was absolutely. And it was, I remember everyone afterwards had come up and said, what's that song? What's that song? And it was Joyful Girl. And it's like the first Soul Live album. I uh, I ever heard it, it's basically the album that got me into jazz. Mm. Uh, so that you know, and I remember I used to play that song for my then girlfriend, now my wife, and it was the only song. She's not a jazz fan, but she she always loved that song. She always loved that song, and that was our wedding song. And uh, I had this chance to tell the three of you, and I completely blew it. And I, uh, ten years later, that has bugged me. But this is a nice way to make up for it. I get to tell you now. Oh. But, um, 
yeah, so Soul Live is the best thing for me. Yeah. Wow, man. Thank you so much. Wow, man. <laughs> that means a lot, man. Uh, it's funny, man. Like that. Um, I, I, I was out when I was out on the road a few years back with uh, Carl Denson. When I was kind of rejoining oh, wow. the tiny universe for a little while. Mm. We're kind of hanging out, and, and one and one of the guys in the band was like, "Oh, man, you know that album next that you guys put out? Man, that thing was that was a really good album." And I'm like, "Yeah, you know, okay, that's cool, whatever." Like, I said, "Man, you." Man, we gotta put that on. Let's listen to it. And I was like, all right, all right, whatever. I don't really want to hear myself, but okay. And <laughs> I was like, all right, this cool stuff on this album, you know. But I remember, I remember that tune came on, and I was like, wow, that was it's pretty killing. Like, if I, you That's know, awesome. I mean, man, Dave just like the the vibe. It was you know just the vibe. It kind of hit me, like kind of hit me pretty hard. So mm. it was uh. Wow, just to to know that you that was your that was your song, your wedding, man. That, that was that was yeah, man. That's yeah, that's uh, wow, man. That's wow, that's heavy. That's but everything about next is like that. That again, it was my. It's really my first albums like that. I always think are quite important. That kind of those fusion things because I was listening to music back then as a as a strong like hip hop and neo soul fan. So then you get an album which is a jazz album, but it has Talib Kweli, it has high tech, it has uh, Amel LaRue and Blackthought. And I think, oh, okay, let's, let's jump into jazz. And then, you know, it's, it's just something that stuck, that stuck with me. I then went back to doing something and then went forward uh, from there. So, I mean, Soul Live's legacy for me is, is, is timeless. Uh, And I just, when you look back at like the body of work that, that you guys have, have kind of delivered, I mean, do you take stock to kind of think like, yeah, that so we, we, we're we're pretty important in in kind of like a jazz band for like a hip hop generation. I mean that 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 is hard for me to even process, and and a lot again, I'm lucky. Man, we're just we're, people definitely have mentioned that to me. I being in it, you can't really appreciate that. It's it's really hard to you know, but I know. One time I was hanging out in Chicago, a, a, a good friend of mine, who uh, he he used to, he I don't know if he still is, but he was a drummer for the uh, Gorillas. Okay, and uh, he's from Chicago, and we're hanging out at the bar. It was before show. I think I was in town with it. It might have been Matador actually. Anyway, we're hanging out at the bar, just kind of kicking it, having a few drinks or whatever. And man, this like some this music came on like in between sets, you know. And I was like, man, and and people, the place was packed, so I couldn't really hear it. I was like, man, what is that? That is kind of that's killing. I couldn't figure out what it was. And he starts laughing at me. He's like, dude, that's Rubber Solide. I'm like, what? And then, and then I like really tuned in. I'm like, oh man, for yeah, for real, it is, man. So I'm like, so that's that's pretty cool. Like, you know, like it's like all this other music was going on, and something just came out. I don't remember which tune it was because, like I said, I couldn't hear it that well. But there was something about it that, that grabbed me. I was like, that's kind of crazy. I mean, I like recorded it, mixed it, and we we played. That's our album. So that's you know, little moments like that are, are definitely cool. Like. Because I don't listen, I man, I don't listen to 
anything I do, really. Like, I mean, when I'm working on something, I'm very much in in it. But I don't like sit around listening to Soul Live albums. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah. I've done it already. Like, I, you know, whatever. But it's pretty cool, though. Like, when years go by and you're like, you like, you hear something, you're like, whoa, that's actually pretty killing. That's, that's kind of cool. So, um, yeah, I, to me, man, like, it's just great that we've been able to, I, man, again, I've been able to travel the world and just and meet people and and just see smiling faces night after night you know and 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 being able to talk to people after a show or before a show and like man being able to bring people together is just the most amazing thing so like and it's it i'm just so happy that i've been able to do it at 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 such a a, um, a really cool level with you know with, with soul live and we continue to do it so um it, it feels pretty cool to i mean we're we're om- over 20 years in now and yeah, uh, yeah. people i guess people still like what we do so that's pretty cool you know <laughs> it's yeah it's it is incredible it do you guys have a sort of think about or have the discussions about okay let's sit down and do like the full-on full-length album in the in kind of the vein that those those early years were nah nah i mean oh wow i mean that's that's the one to me that's the one and obviously you can you can hear and and see that with all of our albums like to me it's like man if you it's, it's really hard for me to go back and and do something again because it's our we already did it um and there and there's just so much i mean it's it's really fun when i listen to old songs like old like i'll hear like old you know something from like get down or turn it out or like doing something like i don't even know if i could do that again like like i just because you're in such a completely i was that's you know you're talking about 20 years ago 15 mm. 20 years ago i was like a different person there then i was you know all my kind of life was just so different so um to me like trying to go back and re that's all it would really be is like a very it would be a recreation or you would and it would probably be a a, a poor one at that because it's I can't really it's like kind of trying to go back in time and, and just yeah. recreate a moment. And that's the thing. It's like, again, like I, I always, you know, I say, man, it's, it's like, yeah, it's all about the song, but there's so much around the song. It's like your life, you know, is just so much different now. And, and life is such an influence on me in terms of writing and recording and playing um and what i hear and how i interpret interpret music i don't even know if it i could even do it if i tried so i don't try i just i'm constantly i'm constantly moving forward i like i said i i rarely rarely listen to any man i can't i can't the funny thing is i was in the studio the other day with with darby working on this the next crush velvet tune and I recorded the this. I don't remember when I re- actually recorded the song, but like he was like, "Man, what? So what? What are those changes? What chords are there?" I'm like, "Dude, I don't even. Remember. If I picked up the guitar right now, it would take me like a half hour to remember. What, like, yeah, I just don't. You know, don't remember. 
I'm just constantly, it's, it's like, I have a, a, I guess I have a a very short term memory when it comes to (laughs) music, you know? So. um, Did you, the the thing about soul of, I always thought, well, one of the absolutely coolest things was that you never made the same album twice. You know, every album, like you had the, like the saxophonist in next, you had a, like a guest heavy lineup for breakout, you know, everything was, it was always a very, very different album. Was there ever a very, conscious decision to sort of move it uh soul life away from jazz because they you were predominantly a jazz band when you started but it's funny looking at the music you do now looking at the music eric krasno does now it's so far removed from those early soul life days do you ever kind of do you ever miss jazz do you ever kind of was there a a direct decision to kind of just evolve away from from that kind of music well Okay, so I'll I'll will say this. I could I could I can easily speak for the three of us on this. We never consider ourselves jazz musicians. Wow, never. Like you've blown my mind. <laughs> no, man. No, man. Wow. No. I mean, obviously, like you know, the early early on when we got signed to Blue Note Records, well, that mm. you know that had a lot to do with our whole like jazz uh stamp i guess but right. and i would never consider myself a jazz musician at all like not wow. even, no so um you know that i guess that's kind of the fun and i guess a lot of bands a lot of musicians this this happens to them like and i i use this as an example one year we were down in in destin florida we were playing at like this this venue. We were there for like three, three or four nights or something like that. And it's beautiful, like white sand beaches, you know. And they put us up in like a condo. This was like early in Soul Life, like 99,000. Mm-hmm. So anyway, so obviously we had a lot of time on our hands during the day. So, uh, you know, we kind of fell into uh, this routine of watching. It was like it was a show on VH1, I think it was. It was like Musical Jeopardy. Or, and I can't remember what they called it, but that was it was Jeopardy. It was all music. So anyway, there was one person on there who who was the king of musical Jeopardy it was C.C. DeVille. And I don't know if you know C.C. DeVille, but he's from the band Poison. So like, you know, hair band, he- heavy metal hair band from. Right. Like, you know. OK, C.C. DeVille would destroy everybody every category everybody on that show and you're and i'm talking any like it, any any style of music it didn't matter what it was and you're just sitting back like what is going on and it and 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 the funny thing is so someone asked him i can't remember who the host of the show is like they asked him he's like how like what is the deal here he's like i don't know i just had i had all the right influences but you know and and they just go in one ear and then and whatever my point is, is uh, there's CC Deville. He's like from Poison. Like you would never think that he knew yeah. anything about any anything other than what he did. And th- and that's I f- I feel like a, if you're a really good musician, you listen. Like music is your life, and you're not like you're not just about like yeah early soul live. Like people. Would, probably think i ate and you know drank and slept grant green and and idris yeah. Muhammad and all that stuff. 
that's like kind of the furthest from the truth. You know what I mean? Wow. It's like, Gosh. I mean, I love that music and that had like, obviously I had an influence on us at the time, but you know, and, and so that's kind of been honestly the one difficult thing about, uh, and one reason why I started vintage league and over the years is like, man, like I play, like I write, I play rock guitar as well. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I, yeah. I, I, I listen to all styles of music. I, I'm into all kinds of styles of music. So it's, it's great that when you get, get a following for something that you do, you know, being so live and obviously you can see throughout our, the, the time with so live, like our music did change yeah. and, and it wasn't really like, a very conscious like oh man we're 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 not gonna make a boogaloo kind of album again you know like we're gonna now we're it was like man that's like what we were listening to in the van when we were going in between shows and like you do that enough like that that starts to influence your writing and 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 your playing and then that was that and so we just kind of we rode that wave of influences and and what made us feel good um but there was definitely that if anything there was definitely if if we made any conscious decision in soul live it was to never make the same album twice that's for sure and it was and it you nailed it like every time it always it was always different it absolutely was always different i there would be small introductions of of different musicians as we said uh sort of throughout you had no place like soul uh yeah. as well uh which uh, a single vocalist on the whole album as well you know everything uh, yeah it was always a different album and i i loved that about you guys oh, yeah. that you could yeah you could have you could have you genuinely i think to verify what you said i know i had I guess incorrectly labeled your early stuff as like a like a jazz band, but you you could have the way you, the band had evolved and listening to Bo Live, you could quite easily have put out a rock album. Yeah, do you know what I mean? And it would have absolutely made sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and that's like that's obviously uh, that's definitely been one of the you know we put out a new album and you lose some people because it's not the last album. Mm. You gain some new people and you know whatever, but at the end of the day you have to make music that makes you happy yeah and that's that's you know because the thing is when the if you're making the music that makes you happy you're not concerned about anybody else i mean obviously we 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 very much appreciate all the people who love our music but i think they love our music people love our music because we love our music you know that's yeah that's a great comment yeah okay so um, so again, to you know, if you put that love into what you do, you know, we get up on stage, you know, we're not faking it. You know, it's like it's real. We're up there because we love what we do. We love the music that we're playing, and and that's infectious. And so that's to me, that's that's you have to be true, honest to yourself, and that's what we've always done. So. Um, Amazing, and you've done it masterfully. You really have in 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 Soul Live, in Alan Evans Trio, in everything that you've done with Vintage League. It's you know it's a, an incredible twenty plus years of you know your incredible stamp of of just of, of quality of brilliance of um, professionalism of passion. It's it's yeah it's means everything that I've been able to have this 
this time with you it's just to kind of pick your brains and and to sort of get the insight that um that you've had into your music making processes and stuff so it's uh yeah it's incredible stuff so thanks very much for the, the time it's meant a lot so. oh no thank you man it's an honor thank you i really really appreciate it really that's really kind we mentioned about a closing song uh that we, we always each podcast always closes uh with uh with a song chosen by our guest and uh you, you've already mentioned to me off off you know beforehand what it is but could you may i ask you to introduce uh the track for people listening now all right well in the spirit of our our conversation we're gonna play something brand new <laughs> and, uh, yeah this is uh the new single the uh seven day weekend that's chris yonker and myself and this is mango moonrise mm-hmm. 